now turn to the psalm which we read together, Psalm 16, and our text for this evening is verse 5, Psalm 16 and verse 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The Lord is my portion and my cup. He maintains my lot. What does God mean to you? How do you view God? What do you see as your relationship with God? And how does God fit into your way of thinking? The psalmist here says, God means to me this. He is my portion and he is my cup. That's his confession. Now I wonder, could we make that confession? He says in verse 1 that he had put his trust in God. He prays, preserve me, O God. And he knows that he will be preserved by God because he puts his trust in him. We don't know what was troubling the psalmist. We don't know if there was anything special affecting him at this time. Some danger, perhaps, some illness, some trouble from enemies, perhaps, some spiritual problem. It makes no difference. Whatever was worrying him, he says, preserve me. And then he adds, for in thee do I put my trust. Therefore, I know I shall be preserved, because you say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I know I will get rest, because you say it. You promise it in your word. I will find peace and safety and security, because you are my God. Because I trust in you, I shall not be put to shame. There's no one that puts their trust in God whom God will let down at the end of the day. So, have you committed your soul to Christ? Have you put your trust in him? Have you said to him, as the psalmist says in verse 2, Thou art my Lord. Thou art not myself, not somebody else, not something else, but thou. Thou art my Lord. You are the Lord of my soul. You are the master of my life. You are the ruler. You are the one in whom I have trusted, and you are the one who, are going, who is going to lead me and guide me and be my teacher and my master forever. Thou art my Lord. Is Jesus your Lord today?
their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God, unbelievers. And those who don't trust in Jesus, they shall have sorrows, they shall have worries, they shall have troubles. They shall have problems and difficulties. Those who do not accept the leadership of Christ and who do not trust in him, their sorrows shall be multiplied. But, says the psalmist, I trust in thee. Thou art my Lord, therefore I shall have joy. And this psalm is one that's full of joy, exuberant joy. The psalmist is saying, I have set the Lord always before me, therefore my heart is glad, my glory rejoiceth, my flesh rests in hope. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and the pre in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures evermore. The psalmist is rejoicing that he's got a great God, and he's happy in his faith in God. He knows that God loves him, and that God is looking after him, and that he's got a great future, and that no harm can come to him. If we trust in God, we can know something of the joy unspeakable and full of glory of which the psalmist speaks. But they who don't trust in Jesus, their sorrows shall be multiplied. And whatever sorrows they have today, they'll have more tomorrow. And whatever sorrows they have tomorrow, they'll have a thousand times more when death comes on the judgment day. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. So let's look then at the confession of the psalmist here, what he says about what God means to him. Verse 5. The Lord is my portion. Other people focus upon temporal things and they find their portion in their family. There are many people and they idolize their family and they think that nothing is so important as the family. And they make all sorts of sacrifices for their family and family is the most important thing. The family is their portion. The husband, the wife, the children, that is their portion. Other people, it's their job. And they sacrifice everything for their job. What will they not do in order to get on in their job and to do well or to make their business a success? Their business, their job is their portion. It fills their waking hours. It fills their dreams. It fills all their ambitions. Other people, it's their home. And they want their home to be really nice. And their possessions and beautiful house and their lovely furniture and all the rest of it. That's their portion. And they're so diligent in building up their portion. And they idolize the things they possess. Other folk, it's their pleasures. And they have their various pleasures, entertainments, 
diversions, hobbies, whatever it might be. And that is their portion. That's what makes life worthwhile for them. That's what gives them the kick in life and gives them the thrill. Their pleasure. Whatever it might be, it's their portion. <laughs> but says the psalmist, God is my portion. That's what I rejoice in. That's what I love. That's what is so important to me. He is the center of my life. By his grace I will love him with all my soul and heart and strength and mind. He is the center of my life and the center of my ambitions. He is the one I work for. He is the one who is my master. I'm his servant. He's the one that I want to please and he's the one I want to spend my eternity with. I want him to be with me today and I want him to be with me tomorrow. He is my portion. He is the one I have chosen and he is the central place in my heart and in my life. How can we say that tonight? The Lord is my portion. I know we come short. And I know we sin. And I know other things push themselves in upon us from time to time. But can we, from the depths of our hearts, say yes? This is my desire. This is my longing more and more. The Lord is my portion. Despite all my shortcomings. He's my choice. He is the one who means most to me. When the children of Israel came into the land of Canaan, the land was divided up for them. The various tribes were given their portion. The various individuals, families within these tribes were given their allotment but the tribe of Levi was different they were given no part in the promised land for said God they are the priestly tribe God will be their portion And that was to teach us a lesson. Because the New Testament teaches us about the priesthood of all believers. You are priests. You are God's priests. Unlike the rest of the people, the Lord is your portion. Just like the Levites had no part in the promised land, the Lord was to be their portion, so you are the priests of the Lord and the Lord is your portion and in this world you are strangers and pilgrims the world look upon you as silly and foolish making daft choices and failing to take advantage of the opportunities that there are and missing out on so many things but the Lord is your portion and having made that choice you don't view yourself as missing out on anything. The world around you, they have their portion. But the Lord is your portion. You're a priest. And God is your portion. 
A literal translation of the words here would be, the portion of my inheritance would be literally translated as the portion of my portion. The same word is used. The Lord is the portion of my portion. What does that mean? It's emphasis. It's saying the Lord is my choice portion, my special portion. And of all the portions I have, he is the portion within all the rest. Yes, we do have many good things in this life and many things for which we give thanks. We have food and we have clothes and we have homes and we have loved ones and we have jobs. All these things are good. We have many pleasures in this world. We have our health and our strength. But one thing stands out as special. Amongst all the good things of life, the Lord is my portion. He is my choice portion. He is the portion of my portions. The chief portion. The one that is special. Can you make that confession tonight? you chosen him friend if you haven't surely it's time tonight that you did so that you would become one of these special people these people who have the joy of the psalmist and who can say in thy presence is fullness of joy and at thy right hand are pleasures evermore wonderful for all those who have taken God into their heart they can say the Lord is my portion my choice portion but isn't it wonderful too that God condescends to be your portion because it's a two way thing you choose him and he chooses you And we choose him because he first chose us. It's a two-way thing. And isn't it wonderful to think that God gives himself to us. That God condescends the great God of heaven to enter into your heart and to dwell there. And if you're one of these people like the psalmist, God has made you into a temple and he lives in your heart. And that's something special. The Lord is your portion. And in his covenant, he comes into your heart and life. He bows so low, he humbles himself to enter into your experience and to live in your heart and life. And that's something wonderful. He is my portion. He has come into my life. And I have chosen him too. And I delight in him. And therefore the psalmist says, God is the portion of my inheritance. God is my choice portion. The portion of my portions. Do you want him to enter into your life? Do you know what he says to us in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 20? Behold, I stand at the door and knock 
any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me and eat with him and drink with him and live with him and he with me and I will have a relationship with him and on the great judgment day I won't say to him the way I'll say to some depart from me I never knew you of course I'll know him because I live in his heart and will always live in his heart and will never separate from him the souls of believers are at their death made perfect in holiness and their bodies being still united to Christ to rest in the graves until the resurrection even the dead corpse of the Christian is precious it's united to Christ and that's wonderful when you see a dead body no life in it the spirit's gone there's something ugly about a dead body but that dead body is precious it's united to Christ and it's resting in the grave until the resurrection God is my portion the second thing the psalmist says is God is my cup of wine is the delight of many people a cup of wine or a cup of beer mug of beer or glass of spirits, whiskey or whatever that's what thrills many people or some people and they work all week to be drunk over the weekend there are other people and they there's nothing they like better than drink a cup it is their delight even although they perhaps don't go to excess to many people the cup is their delight it's what makes a meal they say the wine and so on but says the psalmist God is my cup he's the one who makes everything and everything I enjoy in life and every meal I have is made special because of the cup God is my cup he gives me far more delight than the cup gives to any drunkard he is the one who thrills me he is the one who fills me with joy and with ecstasy with delight God is my cup God is my cup in the sense that he satisfies he satisfies me with food more than food and drink he that comes to me says Jesus shall never hunger and he that believes in me shall never thirst I am the bread that came down from heaven in another place he says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And as the scripture says, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he said, referring to the Holy Spirit, which would be given to such. If any man thirst, 
God is my cup. I will drink of Christ. I will come to him and drink him. And it will be a well of water springing up inside me unto everlasting life. Remember the woman of Samaria. She came to the well to get water. Jesus was sitting there and he said, Please give me a drink. And she said, I'm surprised that you, a Jew, are asking drink of me, a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. The Jews can't stand the Samaritans. Jesus turned to her and said, If you knew who was asking a drink of you, you would say, You give me a drink instead. And I will give you the living water. What she said to him? You have nothing to draw water with, and how then can you give me a drink? Jesus said, The water that you drink from this well, you drink it, and then you're thirsty again, and you have to come back and get some more. But the water that I will give you will be a well of water inside you satisfying the deepest thirst of your soul. Do you know what it is to drink of Jesus Christ? The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Come, says God's Holy Spirit to you tonight. And the Church, the Bride says, Come. And let him that is athirst come and drink of the water of life freely. It's free. The living water. It's free. And it's for you. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, come. Buy and eat wine and milk without money and without price. Don't spend your money and your labor on that which profiteth not. But come and drink of me, the water of life, says Christ. He is my cup in the midst of the desert of this world, the burning heat of this wilderness. In the midst of all the temptations and disappointments and distresses and pressures. In the midst of the sorrows and sadnesses of this life. The broken hopes. And the death that is reigning in this world. God is my cup. He satisfies me. He gives me the water I need to carry on going through the desert the water from the rock so that I don't die of thirst all around us people are dying of thirst and going down to a lost eternity but the Lord Jesus he is the water of life drink of him keep on drinking of him drink every day from Christ can you say today he is my cup. He gives me more delight than the cup of spirits 
to the drunkard and he satisfies the burning thirst of my heart. The Lord is my choice portion and the Lord is my cup. In the midst of the desert of this life he satisfies my soul. Thou maintainest in the third place, thou maintainest my lot. The promised land was divided amongst the tribes. Various Israelites got parts by the casting of lots. The psalmist says here, my section of land is secured for me because God gave it to me and what God has given to me no man can take from me. God has given it to me. Thou maintainest my lot, my portion, my lot, my allotment in life. It has been given me by God and nobody will take it from me. There might be many robbers and invaders and yet I'm safe. God is my refuge. I'm safe. I will never perish. The Father is greater than all and therefore no man can pluck me out of my lot. I am safe. I am secure. In this life, and in the life to come thou maintainest my lot where is our refuge where is our security where is our peace to be found God he maintains our assurance our peace our security my father that gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. God will give us a place in heaven. And nobody can take that place from us. He said to us, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. Yes. Do you think about this? Do you ever meditate on it? That Jesus went specially to prepare a place for you. And your name is written on that seat. And nobody else can sit there but you. He's getting it ready. A place specially for you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let not your heart be troubled. Everyone who believes in me, you believe in me, in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Not only does God give us a place in heaven, but he gives us a heaven on this earth. Do you have a heaven in this world? Has heaven entered this world in your experience? This is what the Christian life is about. Some people think of the Christian life as a list of do's and don'ts. Some people think of the Christian life as a list of beliefs. 
Some people think of the Christian life as a matter of some religious practices. But the Christian life, first and foremost, is a life with God. It's a heaven in this world. It's a spiritual life where God is your portion and God is your cup and where your lot is being maintained by God. You have safety and security. You have refuge in him. He is your fortress, your high tower, your deliverer, your shield, a wall of fire around you so that you are safe even from the attacks of the roaring lion, the devil. God maintains our lot. We shall never perish. He in whom he begins the good work, he will bring it on until the day of Christ Jesus. The lines are fallen unto me, verse 6, in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The lines, the surveyor's lines, have fallen in pleasant places. Well, that's literally true, isn't it? There's many a part of the world where we could have been born. And to us, they don't look very pleasant places. We could have been born in Russia, with all its problems, with its oppression in the past, and with its lack of direction, economic problems today. We could have been born in Yugoslavia, where there's so much bitterness and fighting. We could have been born in the Sudan, where again there's war, and where there's desperate poverty. People are dying of hunger. We could have been born in South Africa with all its tensions. We could have been born in Peru with its economic difficulties, its hyperinflation, its terrorism. We could have been born in Los Angeles with its racial unrest and rioting. We could have been born in so many places, but we've been born here where we've got peace, and safety and security nobody bothers us we can get on with our own life we have a healthy climate we have food to eat and clothes to wear we have the sun shining down upon us and we can enjoy the warmth of this lovely weather we have so many good things Friends, do the good things of this life turn your heart to God? Does the sunshine make you think of the one who in his love has given you the sun shining down upon you? The lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. But especially we say these things in a spiritual sense. When you think of where our lot has been cast, we have indeed been born into a land which spiritually flows with milk and honey. A land where we've got the Bible, Bible in our own language. A land where we've got an innumerable amount 
of excellent Christian books where we've got tapes where we've got so many aids where we've got a good church where we've got God's word being preached where we have many of us Christian parents and certainly Christian friends the lines have fallen unto us in pleasant places yes we have a goodly heritage God has been very good to us and God has given to us to be born and brought up in a place where there are many blessings there are many miserable people around us here in Glasgow even but we're not miserable we have joy we have so much to be thankful for rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice joy unspeakable and full of glory that's what we are to have in our hearts when we consider the goodly heritage that the Lord has given to us let us remember Paul's words to Timothy godliness with contentment is great gain does that describe your own life godly and content and as long as you're godly you're content there is contentment linked essentially with godliness and if we have this proper relationship with God there will be a peace and a contentment in our lives and every child of God here tonight can confess and would admit freely to a measure of this contentment in their own hearts and it's a wonderful thing the serenity that God gives I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel verse 7 the God who is my guide giving me counsel I pray to him and I trust in him and I know I will never go wrong I'll never go astray he will lead me he will guide me I can't make a mistake I can't take a wrong turning if I trust in him and pray to him and listen to his word and it's wonderfully comforting to know that the Lord is there constantly shepherding us he goes before us he walks through the pathways of this life opening the way in front of us leading us through the jungle as it were leading us also across the deserts leading us across the seas wherever we have to go we have a guiding star we have a shepherd who goes before us and who leads us I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel my reins my heart also instructs me in the night season God speaking to me through my heart instructing me I have set the Lord always before me 
therefore I shall not be moved. And so the psalmist concludes, rejoicing in the Lord. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, in the grave. I shall rise again, just as Jesus rose. For thou wilt not suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Jesus rose from the dead, and so will we. Thou wilt show to me the path of life. I shall not die but live. And even when death comes, God is showing me the path of life. It's something he does every day. He shows us the path to life and the path of life. The path of eternal life. Whom to know is life eternal. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures evermore. Are you able to rejoice with the psalmist in these words? And to say tonight, The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my cup. The Lord looks after me and keeps me and maintains my lot. The Lord has made my lines fall in pleasant places. The Lord has given me joy and gladness and this joy will never be taken from me and my destination is to be at God's right hand and there I'll have pleasures evermore rejoice O child of God and if you're not one of them seek the Lord seek him tonight and seek the pleasures that cause all other pleasures to fall into the shade. Let us pray. O Lord our God, help us to lay hold of thy word and to rejoice in what it says to us and to be thrilled by the great message of scripture. Grant, O Lord, that the gospel of God's redeeming grace would constantly cause us to be joyful, rejoicing in what thou hast done for us and what thou wilt yet do for us. Be with us and bless us and encourage us. Lead us forward, guide us and direct us, and mark not our iniquities against us. For Jesus' sake, amen. <laughs>